Welcome in, Traveler. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. It's time to level up in fantasy football. Getting excited, guys. Getting real pumped. Not just for my little vacation I have planned for this week. Going to a concert in Northern California. Seeing a couple of my favorite bands. Very, very excited. But a week after that, it's draft time, baby. Let's go. NFL draft. Kicking off here. Two weeks. Finally get to put the rumors to rest get to see where all of these young players end up seeing how right or wrong we've been on all of our predictions throughout the off season and even before that man i just i can't tell you guys how excited i am a couple weeks after the nfl draft we have our big rpg drafting day kicking off it's uh it's gonna be a fun next couple of weeks i'm sure we will have more than enough to talk about after the draft, just like we have a ton to talk about pre-draft here. And in order to do that, I thought that we could have the OG RPG boys back in the saddle again, taking on a little two-rounder rookie mock draft. And just to make it a little more special, if it wasn't exciting already, we're going to be joined by a favorite guest of RPG Nation, Mr. Mike Kashuba. From Last Word on Sports, had Mike on a couple weeks ago talking about his rookie mock draft that he wrote about on Last Word on Sports and excited to bring him back once again for uh, a little live rookie mock draft action. See if he'll put his uh, mock money where his mouth is, so to speak. Gonna make this a quick one, though, because I anticipate a pretty long episode we got some news to talk about a couple things shaken out here that we're gonna get mike's opinion on as well as eric and evan and i and after that we're gonna go dive on deep into this rookie mock so hopefully get a couple of you listeners in the mock draft with us so we can analyze your picks and uh, talk about how bad they are or how much you hurt us with a, with a snipe, but going to be a fun time. And I won't delay you guys any further from what I know. You all come to the RPG pod here that extravagant ubiquitous anchor ad recorded by yours truly that we're still getting paid for despite anchor not 
being a thing anymore, I think. So as always, thank you for listening to episode 33 of the Fantasy Football RPG podcast and enjoy. Hi guys. Oh hey. Hey, hey what's there. up? Sorry, Mike? I'm I'm mini screen right now because I have the uh draft board up so I can only see You're whoever's good, talking. <laughs> You're good, man. We we had a really tough day at the office, so we went out for drinks afterwards and uh, <laughs> about three liters of beer in. So Ooh, oh perfect. We get spicy oven tonight. <laughs> That's mock draft juice, baby. Yeah, it, it, it might it might be an interesting one. Well, hey man, cheers to you on that. I'm I'm gonna be working towards where you're at. I'm on beer number one though. I'm a couple beers and a cigar deep from golfing, and the extra beers came from how bad I golfed. So, all right, then. Uh, is Mike in the house? Yeah, Mike's right here. Yeah, I saw Mike joined. Hello there. What's up, buddy? Hey, guys. Mike, these are my two cohorts, Evan and Eric. What's up, Mike? You guys are just as beautiful as I imagined. Oh, wow. <laughs> too Appreciate kind. it, man. What's up, guys? <laughs> This is classic Mike, dude. He's a flatterer. He'll he'll do that so that you'll get sweet on him, and then uh, he'll he'll work out a trade in his favor. I gotta butter you up, and then I'm gonna offer you uh, Kadarius Tony for AJ Brown. So, <laughs> oh, okay. So that's how this works. Huh? Oh, you butter me up enough, I might hit that smash button. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, yeah, happy to happy to have you all here. This is a full crew. Not only do we have uh, the the OG RPG boys plus Mike, but we have a a full uh, uh, platter here of RPG leaguers and people that Mike's brought in for this mock draft. Going to get wild in here tonight. It's going to be fun. Absolutely. But yeah, before we get into things, we kind of, we do kind of have to speed run a little bit. I, I've been telling people like 630, 640-ish for the uh, start of the mock, but we do have some news to get through before then. Biggest of all being, I mean, I don't know, Evan, do you want to, do you want to take this one for your boy? Because uh, your boy got a bag, brother. Dude, the uh, the Jalen Hurts deal, man, it is good to know that we have a quarterback that we can count on for uh, for the long haul. And uh, how he did what how he does best and made the salary cap work uh, and push it all to the future and say, all right, you know, four or five years down the road, we're going to have some issues and he'll just end up restructuring the deal. And he'll add a bunch of void years and spread the cap pit over many, many years. So I love seeing it. Yeah, good to be an Eagles fan right now, for sure. I I don't have to ask the question of like, are you happy with this deal? I think it kind of speaks for itself. But you don't get like a super cool nickname like Wensylvania. I mean, he's got it's so it's so good. It hurts. (laughs) It's no Wensylvania, but we'll take it. (laughs) <laughs> i've actually i don't think i've heard wenzelvania before i've heard wenzel's pretzels well when i lived in philly when wentz was actually good that's what everyone was called they call it wenzelvania I, I i can confirm that was a very short window of time it was like a month and a half that is correct <laughs> but for that month and a half wenzelvania <laughs> you know it flew right over my head the pennsylvania thing it really sounded like a like a place where like a vampire could come from Pennsylvania, like Transylvania. 
To be fair, a vampire could also come from Pennsylvania. So that is fair. That is very fair. We don't know that that's not the case. Uh, but okay, we got to move along here. Like I said, uh, next big piece of news here was uh, Saquon Barkley uh, not signing his franchise tag. Um, and I guess the big question here, if anyone wants to uh, take it, is is this scaring anyone enough to like move Barkley down at all? Are we looking at like a possible holdout? Is anyone suspicious of that? Guess first, Mike, please. Oh, wow. Blessings. Uh, Barkley is a talented enough running back that aside from maybe B. John Robinson entering the league, like wherever he goes, wherever he plays, like this is going to be an exceptional running back for at least a year or two. But what this does mean is that he like that window, he recognizes it and we recognize it. Like he's got about two years of good legs left and then God, he's going to be on the Dalvin cook train. And that's a little scary. Yeah. I, I definitely feel that. Um, poor Barkley, man, just in terms of, you know, that unfortunate injury a uh, couple years back now really derailed what would have been a pretty legendary career still could be really good, but uh, you know, not as good as it could have been. Um, what about the other boys? Any, any thoughts here on Barkley? I know, I know you both have him like relatively high, even in your like dynasty uh, RB rankings. Is this, is there any movement there for you guys? Yeah. So mine is less on Saquon and more on the running back position as a whole. So as an example, somebody like Chip Trainum switching over at Ohio State. So he moved to Ohio State from ASU and switched to linebacker when he went back because he played linebacker and running back in high school. So he switched He switched over to linebacker when he transferred to OSU to Ohio State from ASU. And now he's switching back to running back at Ohio State. So it's just kind of crazy to me thinking about the running back position in a, as a whole and thinking about how many more people may be trying to make that transition to linebacker because you look at the longevity of linebackers you look at the pay that linebacker is getting and it's substantially more than the running back position is getting as a whole right now yeah that's that's a really great point um certainly like it, it felt like this was coming for a while now but as of this year you could really viscerally feel uh like a change like coming and coming soon in terms of the the rb landscape as a whole um maybe looking at a limited number of, of days or years where there's that like number one workhorse guy that will be the guy for, you know, four or five years working more towards a split backfield for most of these teams in the NFL, huh? Yeah, I, I think it's very, very much possible. Um, and you start breaking down the guys that you start looking at and you figure out the guys that have that 60% snap share uh, in the NFL. And then you start looking at teams and you start looking at offensive schemes that start using their guys more, and have more single-headed backfields compared to dual-headed backfields or tri-headed backfields. Um, and it starts to become very evident when you start looking at the teams for that, of which teams specifically are just going to ride their running backs into the ground. Yeah, for sure. Um, kind of coinciding with that. I mean, um, unless, Eric, do you have any Barkley thoughts you want to get in? I'll just keep it super brief. But um, in a really weird way, I actually like this news for Barkley because I think it shows he has the intelligence to know his football mortality is coming. And he's not somebody who I worry about pulling in Eddie Lacy and eating himself out of the league. Uh, <laughs> I think he's still going to put all of the work in needed to get ready for the season, but he's going to save his legs a little bit. And I think he knows he's like Mike said, he's got that two year window that this could actually give him a little preseason break and he'll be fine coming. He's such a talent. Um, mm. I actually kind of like the little less wear and tear on him in the off season. 
Okay. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting perspective. I, I like the Eddie Lacy drop too. I haven't thought about him in a minute. I remember when we tried to give him a, a last shot of life at, at the Hawks and it did, didn't work out very well. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, kind of going alongside that, um, we have this kind of, I mean, it's been building for a while now, but the Dalvin Cook situation appears to be reaching its, its inevitable conclusion here of looks like he's going to either be cut or if they can find a trade partner, they're, they're going to try to trade him. Um, but in terms of the cap, they need to do something. If it, if it's a massive restructure, that'll work, but I don't think that's something he's going to necessarily go for. Um, so the question is just kind of rapid fire here, I guess, where do you guys want him to go? Uh, Mike, why don't you go first? Man, put me on the spot. Uh, Dalvin cook. We talk about like the running backs that they can go anywhere and start. Dalvin cook's probably like a tier below that. So I could see him in Washington taking over. I could see him in Atlanta taking over. I could see him, uh, in green Bay. And then they kind of just like let Aaron Jones fade into the mist next year. There's a couple of places that I could see him go have like a twilight tour, but I, his days are numbered and let's, let's call it what it is. Like he's not who he used to be. I, maybe Dallas too, you know, replace the Zeke role and just be a supercharged Zeke. What's everybody else think? Um, I, I can take my, uh, my hopeful one here. Um, I just for like pure NFL, like drama slash like a cool thing that could happen. Also like a pretty good landing spot. I'd love to see him go to the Buffalo Bills band and play with his brother. I think that would be really cool. And I think they complement each other pretty well uh, also. So I think that's kind of fun. Um, also the Packers is interesting though. I, that's not one I've thought of, but could be a, a little bit of a, a revenge narrative there for Dalvin Cook. Uh, what about Evan, Eric, you got any thoughts? Do you think this is like, not really important where he goes. Do we think he's kind of done or is there a, a cherry uh, on the Sunday landing spot for you guys? Um, I actually really like the bills pick. That would probably be what mine would be, but I think there's a weird off chance that the Cardinals are so bad that they just have to throw money at someone. And they're <laughs> like, Hey, let's just get Dalvin cook and just run him the entire year, especially if Kyler Murray doesn't play. Um, that that could low key be a sneaky spot for him to land this year that he could do pretty good just on volume alone. So I could see like a one year prove it deal kind of thing with him down there. I gotta, I gotta hop in here real quick. I will not stand for this James Conner slander. <laughs> James Conner has the Arizona backfield. He is the dude. He is a cancer survivor. He's an American hero. He's a Pittsburgh native. James Conner greater than your favorite running back. <laughs> I love the James Conner. Ah, love James Conner. That's a good James Conner rant. I, I appreciated that. Are we now a Kyle Trask and James Conner podcast? Who else was it? It was, um, <laughs> what was the guy, the Rams player that I, I couldn't believe his name oh, last week? Ben Squadrick? No, not even that good. <laughs> it's a defensive <laughs> player. Um, I'll look it up. Some, I'll look it up. Something, something yeast, I think. Yeah, it was yeast. <laughs> couldn't believe that that guy was a real NFL player. Um, yeah, because because Mike, I I gave him the challenge. I was like, okay, outside of Aaron Donald, who else do you know as a name on that defense for the Rams now? And they're just like they just couldn't couldn't come up with a name. And it's just like, yeah, okay, that Rams defense is not what people think it is. They see the Rams and they remember what it was. They don't remember what it is right now. Yeah, the guy's name was Russ Yeast. As soon as I read that name, I'm like, oh no, there's no one on this team. There's Aaron Donald, and then there's a bunch of guys. So the the spot for for Dalvin that I wanted to to talk about real quick was Tampa Bay. Oh yeah, because okay. because think about if if they can throw. I know they don't have much cap space to work with. They really don't. 
But if they can find a way to throw some money at it and really be able to help out Baker, I mean, you're talking about a lot of weapons on that offense. You're talking about a, a decent, I wouldn't put them in the, the really good category of an offensive line. Um, I know they had a lot of injuries this past season, but I think they're still a, a decent to good offensive line. Um, definitely above average, in my opinion, uh, for that offensive line unit. So that offense could do a lot of things around a very middling quarterback in Baker. Oh, kind of raining on uh, Rashad White's parade a bit. Did you hear him come out and say he expects to be a stud? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I remember watching Rashad White in college. And um, yeah, I, I don't think he's a 60 plus percent back. I think that's fair enough. Um, all right, moving forward here with a, kind of a, a lighter one, but just wanted to quickly mention, I mean, rejoice any any Washington fans uh, listening that uh, the bad man is gone. Uh, Mr. Dan Snyder is selling the team or, you know, allegedly selling the team hasn't gone through yet. Um, but really all I wanted to ask you guys is, could we maybe <laughs> see a, a change of name here from the God awful commanders with this change of ownership and what should the team name be? Yeah. Uh, I think that they went through so much branding for the commanders and so many focus groups that, the ownership might just stick with it. But in my soul, in my heart, I just really want them to go back to the Washington football team. Oh, yeah. Just the generic, like the team, like we are a football team. When it's just, it was so funny seeing those t-shirts and seeing them everywhere. It looked like Walmart. It really grew on me, man. Like it, it really did. I hated it at first because obviously it, it seems really dumb. But over the course of the season, hearing it and seeing it, I'm like, I like Washington football. Team. I think that's pretty good. Definitely unique. No other team like that. I kind of like the one that was getting thrown around the Wolfpack. I thought that was kind of cool. That was that was my choice when when all of the uh, name kerfuffle was happening, like the Red Wolves or, or Wolfpack. Like, ha like just imagining a stadium full of people all doing like a howl at an NFL game, like to to kick things off. That that got me kind of excited. So I, I think that would be cool. Is there a world where it goes full circle back to the Redskins? No, <laughs> I don't think that's possible. I think they have moved far from that at this point. Well, wouldn't that be great? I don't know if I would call it great, but it would be something. But but Corey, just think about the storyline. A howl for howl. Dude, right. Oh, oh my God. Well, Evan, that. you genius. Yes, that is so marketable. Just after every touchdown, the entire stadium erupts in oh! <laughs> his first oh, like man. only touchdown in five games, and just stadium goes wild. <laughs> but but yeah, just just as a side note, real quick, I did have a friend that used to work in the season ticket sales uh, for the Commanders, and apparently, a lot of the season ticket holders did not like the name choice. So. Maybe that has something to do with that. Maybe they will change it. Maybe they feel like they've spent enough money on it and they just want to move on with life. I mean, yeah, like like you said, Mike, focus groups and, and marketing all aside, like it's it's an objectively bad name, right? We can all agree. It's, it's not a good name. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll see what they do there. Probably, I mean... We'll see. I think it can go either way. They might want to revitalize the culture there and start fresh with a with a new slate, and they might just want to, you know, save some money and and not do anything. I would get it either way. But moving into something a little more uh, juicy, especially for fantasy, especially for dynasty, 
Um, there were some odds that that had some shaking up this week. Kind of go through the the three big ones that stood out to me. Um, Bijan, the new betting favorites, are the Atlanta Falcons to to land Bijan. Um, do you guys think that would be like at one? Is that expecting him to go one oh nine or whatever the Falcons pick is, or or do you think it's more likely they they like trade back and grab him in like the teens? Do you think Bijan might go like one oh eight, one oh nine? That seems kind of wild to me. That seems a little early, even with how good Bijan might be, just with the devaluation of the running back position and with how deep the running backs are in this draft, too. I don't know. That feels really early to me, but I could also see the Falcons doing it if all the quarterbacks are gone. What a team the Falcons would be with with all of those pieces, everything they've acquired in free agency for the defense. They're literally just needing any sort of decent quarterback. And I don't know who knows. It could be Ritter, maybe Heineke. You know, he has that dog in him. Maybe he can uh, utilize what he's got in front of him. But uh, holy moly, that is a stacked young team where if they can get some sort of tank going for one more year, land May or, or Williams next year, like, look out. I just worry that the Falcons might turn into that team that, like, they it's like the little girl like the girl that's like dressed up and all the like really fancy stuff but she still kind of like looks a little funky <laughs> like it's got all the like nice things and all the name brand like gucci and prada and all that stuff but you still look at the girl and you're like what are like i don't like you so they got all these like weapons on the outside all these like name brand pieces but like their offensive line is disgusting like there's nothing in the core of that offense uh it's just it's a little concerning as far as like pass protection. The reason that they run the ball so much is because they like physically cannot pass protect. So I'm just a little worried about that. I think that's fair. Um, if there is one running back, I could uh, assume could uh, overcome that obstacle, that hurdle. It it would probably be Bijan Robinson, but fair concern, definitely. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then yeah, just kind of running through these, the the other big kind of this one was probably the most shocking one was the Bryce Young. Uh, odds for first quarterback to to go uh, massively shifted to minus 2000 all but locking him in to that uh, Panthers pick at at number one I mean it's been this back and forth talk about CJ Stroud ooh, maybe Anthony Richardson and then now back to back to Bryce Young um, I mean this seems I don't know if it's as much of a surprise to me like Young has his young is obviously got talent. Um, it's really just the size that I think people are concerned about. Um, but this does concern me slightly in terms of like for the Panthers' sake, I don't know if I if Bryce Young goes there, I I don't think I want anything to do with any Panthers for, for fantasy. Um, because Bryce Young is going to go to a team that genuinely has nothing to offer in the weapons department. Um, do you guys have any differing opinions or do you think that minus 2000 is real either, either way? Well, didn't those odds shift when the owner of the Panthers came out and said he liked Bryce Young? Wasn't that the reason that they shift so drastically? I think it was a few days after, um, but I have to imagine, yeah, that, that probably had a lot to do with it. I think they said that he, the, the owner, uh, Tepper, Tepper liked Bryce Young. And I think they said that Reich, Frank Reich liked CJ Stroud. Right. I think is what it was. I really hope the GM likes Anthony Richardson and the three of them took it out. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I think I mentioned something like that last episode where <laughs> I really hope they have three different selections there. That'd be really funny. Once again, I would be very happy if Anthony Richardson somehow magically goes one-on-one because yeah. I would earn a <laughs> lot of money if that was the case. Yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, with the minus two thousand though, you have to like this. This pretty heavily indicates that. I mean, Vegas being wrong with with that kind of line would be kind of unexpected, right? It feels like it's pretty much a lock. Do you guys feel that way too? I don't think anything in this draft is a lock. Yeah, that's fair. I think if it's the night before the draft and the line is still the same, yes. But I think this line is probably going to shift three or four more times, and this is a perfect time to, you know, place a fiver on Anthony Richardson or C.J. Stroud. Or, I mean, there was a guy that uh, – what was it, like their VP of operations? Like somebody pretty high up in the decision-making process resigned. There was a joke that, like, he wanted Will Levis, and that's why he quit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear that. That's funny. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to your point, we're uh, about a week out here from the day before the draft. So we'll we'll see in these next seven days how, how much this line flips. But uh, it's a good point. Uh, speaking of Levis, though, kind of the other one that was a little crazy to me was uh, the odds for the second QB to go off the draft board shifted in Levis's favor uh, at plus 250. He's now the favorite for the second QB to go. And I think this coincides with uh, talk about um, the Colts really, really liking Levis um, with possibly them trading up to go get him, which I think is kind of crazy or just, you know, hoping he he lands at four to them, which is also kind of crazy because that's pretty high to go for Will Levis, in, in my opinion, at least. Uh, but the the odds are kind of talking that way. So what do we think? Is this kind of a do we think this is also a volatile line that will have some change or is this actually indicative of what the NFL is, is thinking about Will Levis. Do any of you guys listen to the uh, NFL stock exchange podcast? By, like, no, Trevor Sigma? They have been, I see Evan shaking his head. The, uh, the nod in his head. The joke that they have had since like November is that Will Levis is a cult, has always been a cult, was born to be a cult. And I think that he is a cult. But I also think that the Texans are throwing up a giant smoke screen. Like they're taking a quarterback. There's no way that they're not. Anybody, Eric, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely think the Texans are all thrown out smokescreen, but I don't think it's Will Levis. I, I think they're going to basically look at whoever the Panthers take. They're going to take the other one, whether it's Bryce Young, whether it's C.J. Stroud. I think that's how that's going to go. And to me, any of these teams that put Will Levis above the other three big quarterbacks has not looked at his poor decision making with putting mayo in coffee. That already <laughs> takes him right off my board. I just can't do it. Can't do it. You put mayo in the <laughs> coffee, you're off my team. Well, you know, I did learn recently that, and it, I, it's tough for me that I just learned this recently, but I guess the whole mayo and coffee thing was a joke that Will Levis did to his girlfriend and then people heard about it. And so he decided to do it like every time he was asked to do it. Um, and so maybe isn't a real actual thing, which kind of bums me out. Um, but he's also eating bananas with the peel on and he's doing that and he doesn't have to do that. So that speaks to another level of, uh, behavior that I, I can't really stand or, or get behind. I mean, Evan, you've liked Will Levis for a while, him going second, would that be like a crazy surprise to you? Yeah. I mean, it, it would be pretty big surprise. I mean, I, I think it's been very clear that there has been a lot of leaks from that Houston organization that. If CJ Stroud is there and Bryce Young isn't the pick uh, or is the pick at one um, and isn't available for them, that there actually is legit concerns over the agent situation. Um, and there is a legit consideration of one, either trading back or two, just taking the best defensive player. And we've seen them go with defensive ends before. We've seen them go try and get that 
high high impact defensive end to be able to make a difference on that defense. Um, you know, it, it'll be very interesting to see how it really plays out. Um, I do think that it's getting more and more steam for Bryce uh, at one overall, which considering that he is the highest by far, supposedly on that Houston board, um, I think says a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. So real quick on the, on the Texans, we're all in agreement that if the Texans do not take a quarterback or if they don't trade that they do anything besides take a quarterback or trade that pick, that's a monumental collapse of a decision there. Right? Like if they literally go with Jalen Carter or Will Anderson there, that's a all time bad decision for a team. No, I, I completely disagree. Okay. Yeah. I think I kind of am with Evan. I'm kind of with Evan um, because I still think that if the plan is to take the best defensive player and hold out next year for one of the top two guys and they get one of the top two guys, I like both those guys next year pretty much more than any other QB in, in this draft this year. So I do if too. that's their plan, but then I can respect that. Okay. I think it's still, it's still an all time like mistake because Will Anderson is not like a polished pass rusher. And then mm. Jalen Carter, like there's reports that he doesn't even play hard every play. Like if you watch the tape, he he's the best player on the field when he wants to be. Uh, so those aren't like blue chip can't miss talents already. It's not like this is, you know, miles Garrett coming out. This isn't like it's Jadavian Clowney's profile. When he came out, these are pretty okay players that are being pushed up because the draft class is bad. So like, why not swing at a quarterback? And then if you're that bad next year, maybe you do the like Kyler Murray, Josh Rosen route instead of the completely stinking for a year and maybe lucking into four or five wins because your division stinks. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Okay. Well, yeah. Uh, keep moving along here. Talking uh, another rookie. Um, so there has been a date announced for Sean Tucker to actually have a pro day. He's been medically cleared. Um, and basically just want to ask you guys, like, it's like two or three days before the draft. Are we excited <laughs> to see Sean Tucker actually, uh, get some run in and, and get real numbers that he didn't, uh, self time. <laughs> are, are we going to see like kind of what he had been advertised as before as a, like, like all-star athlete at the very least. Yeah. I think I tweeted the other day, uh, if Sean Tucker's self-prescribed pro day is true he's the greatest athlete since bo jackson right uh but if you know well i guess we'll find out on the 24th izzy abanacanda's pro day was already super impressive so if sean tucker can even come close to that like maybe he's the rb4 in the class in a loaded class i mean i mean bo jackson and and me because based on my own hand timing of my athletic profile like i beat sean tucker any day yeah, I mean, Evan and I, we just ran our 40s. I mean, I ran a 3.9, he ran a 3.85, so I'll right. catch him one day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we we made, uh, not a joke, we just let people know, I think last week or the week before, that we are constantly running in place while we record the podcast. It takes mm-hmm. a lot to edit all that noise out, but we're we're always getting our reps in. Yeah, I wasn't ready when you passed me the show notes. You're like, hey, it's we're going to talk about some news, and then there's also, you got to do a 25K during the pod. It's rough, man. We we treat this very, very seriously. We we don't mess around on the RPG pod. Okay, Evan, any Sean Tucker thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Corey, you know, from a long time ago when we did the Cornerstone running back rankings, you know, I have been a big fan of the athletic profile and the production profile of Sean Tucker. Um, I do have genuine concerns uh, over a Syracuse running back 
and the fact that, well, there just really hasn't been any production metrics to show NFL success or major NFL success from Syracuse running backs. So he's going to be an outlier and it's very difficult without a incredible otherworldly athletic profile to bet on an outlier uh, of this nature. So I think he almost has to perform well to solidify himself as a late day two, early day three pick. Uh, otherwise, I think he could be looking at a mid day three, potentially back end day three, uh, if he performs as a very mid athlete. Okay. And then, yeah, we're obviously going to talk a lot of rookies coming up here pretty soon on the uh, mock draft. But before we get into that, I just have to, uh, you know, in classic Seahawks fan tradition, uh, need to talk some smack on the miserable Cardinals franchise for just a second because Buda Baker requested a trade this week and the Cardinals continue to fall into the abyss. Uh, you love to see it. Um, now, just for the record, uh, Kyler Murray is injured. Uh, coming back from a, an ACL. Uh, J.J. Watt is retired. Hopkins is likely gone. Uh, Zach Allen, gone. Uh, Byron Murphy, gone. Uh, Zach uh, Zach Ertz uh, is coming back from a, a pretty extensive knee injury as well, uh, leaving a pretty much litany of no ones besides Hollywood Brown and if you like Trey McBride. Uh, so, you know, no, no discussion really needed. I just kind of wanted to put that out there to uh, remind Cardinals fans that uh, they are bad and and should feel bad. Correct. Did you guys hit hear the um, little bit of news earlier today that the Tennessee Titans have reached out to the Packers for a price on Rodgers? No way. Mm-hmm. That was reported earlier today. There was talk about it last offseason, and they're just continuing mm-hmm. those talks. I mean, as long as Tennessee has a question at quarterback, uh, which obviously Tannehill is a question at quarterback. There'll always be those rumors, especially since Rogers owns land here in Nashville. Yeah. Well, outside of Nashville. Does that mean Rogers is not guaranteed a jet at this point? Or Well, I, I put this in here and then I erased it because it's more of like, I, I don't like putting the news items on here where it's just like, we talked about this last week and nothing has really changed. But the latest news on that is that they are at the Jets and Packers are a stalemate. Like they are not agreeing to comp- compensation right now on the uh, Aaron Rodgers front um, with the Packers, I think still wanting that number 13 or 14. I can't remember what the Jets have, but wanting their first round pick essentially and the Jets standing pat saying there ain't no way. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the writings on the wall in terms of we're not going to get an Aaron Rodgers news until after the draft happens. I think that is pretty clear, at least. Um, but would be would be hilarious, like we talked last week about uh, if Aaron Rodgers just happens to suit up for the pack one more year, and then how they handle that situation will be an all time story. Just the the drama will be palpable. So exciting in a way, I guess. As a lifelong Bears fan, the now best case scenario is they get stuck with Rodgers. That would be fantastic. Would be very, very funny. I, I mean, as a, a team that that could definitely contend uh, in the NFC uh, next season, um, I'm right there with you. I, I'm just here for the for the laughs and and to eat popcorn. Uh, okay, and then yep, just the the very last thing on the on the list here that I'm sure will be relatively quickly. Although uh, we do have a Pittsburgh Steelers fan in the house, Mike. 
any any thoughts on the Allen Robinson acquisition? I have amazing news for you guys. What if I told you the Steelers room just needed a veteran mentor for the most talented receiver group in football? And then you added it by trading, what, 17 picks back in the seventh round? Like, ah, oh, shucks. So now the Steelers have, at the top of the depth chart, either George Pickens or Deontay Johnson. Two, they got the other one. Three, you got Calvin Austin, the fastest man alive. Four, you got Allen Robinson, who is getting his AARP card. Like, when you put all of those together, it is just ready for whatever the AFC North has to bring, and I cannot wait. I think you still got uh, a QB question there, although I, I probably shouldn't talk any smack on, on Pickett. I'm sure you're a huge believer being a Steelers fan. Uh, but, you know, if he could take a step in the right direction, uh, could could be a good thing. Allen Robinson, definitely. I mean, he's shown really good talent, and then you can definitely chalk up last year to him and Matthew Stafford just never being on the same page. That whole team kind of stunk. And so maybe Allen Robinson still has got some juice left. The veteran uh, mentor thing could could certainly be true. Uh, Allen Robinson seems like a pretty pretty decent dude uh, to have in the locker room. So that that can't be a bad thing. They're not even paying his full bill, uh, right? I think the Rams are taking on, or maybe the Rams are taking on a portion of his salary. It's like five million to ten million or something like that. So the the Steelers are paying five million of Allen Robinson's deal, and then the Rams are paying, I think it's ten million of it. So it's basically. You're, you're betting $5 million that he's your number three on the team. And uh, if Kenny Pickett could just have Darnell Washington-sized hands, he'd be Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> right. So Rams were really just like, get this guy the hell out of here. Allen Robinson, out, like a dog that, like, pissed on the carpet, just out, Allen Robinson, out, outside. And they just shipped it off to Pittsburgh, huh? Oof, paying that $10 million. Yeah. So it's uh it's Ben Skowarnik, 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 Ben uh-huh. Skowarnik re- uh, season. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, maybe some Van Jefferson. Yeah. No Van Jefferson love. Anyone? Anyone? No. Okay. Just had to make sure. His 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 wait wait his dad is on the coaching staff of one of my favorite coaching staffs in the league. So he that's, is a coach on fair. the Carolina Panthers. That, oh, that's so – I missed – I okay, yeah, I, I misremembered that. He is on the Panthers now. That That is interesting. Are we glossing over the fact that Mike said Steelers have the most talented receiver room in the NFL? Are we just skipping over that? It was so ridiculous that we don't have to comment, right? I didn't realize the Steelers and Bengals traded their wide receivers, but okay. I uh, I actually just put out an article. It's going to post probably either tomorrow or the next day. Uh, the Steelers are in the honorable mention category. I'm deranged. I'm not that deranged. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I appreciate it. And I, nice being able to uh, introspect and, and see yourself as you really are. Legit question. All honesty. Would you rather have the Steelers wide receiver room or the Chicago Bears wide receiver room right now? Steelers. Isn't the Chicago Bears receiver room just the Steelers receiver room and DJ Moore? From from last yeah, year, you got Darnell Mooney. Okay, uh, so we'll do Mooney versus Washington, or it's not Washington. Damn, I just wow. flew back for <laughs> took me days. Four years. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mooney versus Deontay Johnson. Johnson wins. Claypool versus Pickens. Pickens Pick, wins. Pickens, yeah. I'm very tactically putting DJ Moore down here because I think he's amazing. But uh, DJ Moore versus Allen Robinson, we'll call that a DJ Moore slight win. <laughs> But no, it's 
I think gun to my head, I'd take the Steelers room, but it's it's way closer than I'd like to admit. I just wanted to mention that because I think the Bears vastly upgraded that room this year. No, no, that's that's for sure. Just the DJ. I mean, all they did really is DJ Moore. That that is enough. That that is a huge upgrade. Um, if uh, Fields can learn to throw the ball to him, then great. You guys are in good shape. Uh, okay. Well, uh, moving to the meat here because it's right at that time. Um, right. You guys ready to get this mock draft started? Let's do it. Just to uh, quickly run through here for the listening audience, uh, we're going to do two rounds. Um, we have a full crew, full cast of people in this mock. Uh, everyone that's not on the pod will get a two-minute timer. Um, I assume they're going to be making picks pretty pretty quickly here. And then I'll be pausing the timer when it gets to any of our picks so that we can really talk through the process and uh, you know really, really hype it up before pressing the button. Um, and then... We're doing a the the implied settings here are super flex PPR tight end premium plus uh, half a point, and uh, just to run through the order quickly, we got Eric at spot one hundred one. I guess uh, <laughs> guess knowing what you're gonna do at least at that first pick, probably. Well, this is my most common drafting position this year, so I figured I would just keep it going. That's that's fair, and I, I like that you. Said that, implying that the teams were the, the worst. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and then we have TJ Blake, 8771. I believe that was a Mike edition. Um, we got Wally Clarks, uh, RPG member, Rydell, RPG member. Then we have Evan at 1-5. Uh, Livid Shadow, RPG guy at 1-6. Mick Skeets, AU, RPG at 1-7. Big Bear Soros, same thing. Then we got Mike coming in at 1-9. Just to uh, spite me at one ten and snipe. Oh man, I uh, I think I know who you might be trying to snipe for me there, and I'm already pre tilted. Uh, and then rounding it out, we have Matt Potts at one eleven and Molly twenty two at one twelve. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and press the old start mock draft button now, and I will. Pause the timer. So, Eric, feel free to. Well, I didn't know it was going to do that. Uh, <laughs> I just got this like, let's go team, let's go <laughs> shout out on the mock draft. And that kind of scared me. I thought something was happening. Uh, <laughs> That's funny. Eric, you are on the clock, my man. So, I am, in fact, on the clock. So, I'm going to kind of talk through the thought process here, right? So, the debate for me is basically between you the four quarterbacks in a super flex and probably B. John Robinson. Right. So for me, I don't feel great about any of the QBs in this class this year. Um, I think Bryce young is probably the best, but like, I'm pretty sure my sister's taller than him and she's not tall. Uh, CJ Stroud is probably the most polished, polished passer, but like, I don't know. I don't feel great about him either. I am of the opinion. Anthony Richardson is booty cheeks and is not going to be anything in the NFL. And Will Levis puts mayo on his coffee. I'll, I'll give you a water bet. I don't know if you watch fantasy footballers. If Anthony Richardson over the next two years scores more fantasy points than Bryce Young, I win. Vice versa, you win. Water bet on the show right now. Ooh. See, but I'm so afraid Bryce Young's going to get hurt and I'm going to lose that. Is he booty cheeks or is he not? Anthony Richardson's booty cheeks. I'll take that water bet. 
So let's do it. There it I'm is. On Virtual it. I'm on it. On it. So I need to get a soundboard and like play a water gushing sound whenever we make a water bet. That is fair. So I'm gonna go Bijan because I feel what? like at the 1.01, I would rather go with the thing I know is gonna be a hit and that I feel the best about. And I think he's the best prospect fantasy wise in this draft. So give me Bijan. I mean, that is fair. You don't you don't have to say a lot to uh to convince me, man. I mean, even with my teams where I'm desperate for QB and I have the 101, it's 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 Bijan. Also, uh, the fact he he has that what is it that candle company or no honey, no the mustard the Bijan mustard company. There you go, mustard. <laughs> Took, I mean, win. he should get into candles and honey too. But yeah, it is. Should. Uh, oh, I should be wearing my. I got a new. Uh, I got a hat from his website, uh, the Bijan oh. Mustardson website that says everyday <laughs> touchdowns. So I should be wearing that. I'm wearing my Kraken <laughs> hat instead because uh, let's go Kraken uh, taking on the the Avalanche tonight in the playoffs. Stroud over Young feels kind of spicy. Yeah, so let's let's go through this. So uh, 101, Bijan, and then the next two picks come in. 102 is CJ Stroud, and then Bryce Young at 103 by Wally Clarks. Uh, not not an Anthony Richardson guy, uh, seems like, at least. I kind of get it in terms of what we're seeing now with the Bryce Young talk to, to the Panthers, being that like locked-in 101 guy. Like, he's going to – oh, man, another spicy one. Uh, he's going to be the locked in guy there. It's just for me, the concern is he has no weapons of any kind uh, to use. But then a spicy pick at 104 and a super flex league, we got JSN going to Rydell 39. I love JSN. Look, I don't get me wrong. He's the clear and locked in wide receiver one of this rookie class. But uh, in a in a two quarterback or super flex league, taking taking him over Anthony Richardson wow. is very interesting. Taking him over Gibbs is also kind of an argument. I would have guessed top four wide receiver would go in any draft. See, that's making me upset a little bit too, because I have a lot of one, five, one, six. I'm really hoping for like a Gibbs JSN tandem there. Cause I think that's a nice little uh, positional gain, but uh, we got Evan on the clock now and Evan, I'm going to pause your timer. No, you're fine, Corey. I'll, I'll pick when it gets closer to like the 10, 15 second, just to give me a little breakdown here. So Unlike Eric, I do not think Anthony Richardson is going to be booty cheeks. And I very much love his rushing upside. He is the best quarterback athlete that we've seen in probably a decade. And when, wanting to, to take him on my team for the potential upside. And I get it. He could be a complete bust. But I also watched a whole heck of a lot of Florida because my roommate is a Florida alum. And he loves watching his Gators football. So to be able to do that, I had to watch a lot of Anthony Richardson. And to be able to do that, I think his wide receivers dropped a whole heck of a lot of balls. And I think all of those passes were not completely on him. I think there was a lot of placement of the balls that were on target and his wide receivers just missed it. I think the offense was just bad for Florida. So you watch him in a lot of different atmospheres where he's not in a game setting, where he's just kind of throwing it in shorts and a t-shirt. And you can see the arm talent. You can see him flick his wrist and you can see the ball go 60 yards in the air. I love all that I see with that. I think he needs time to develop. I think it would be very possible for him to potentially sit the first half, if not more of the season, even if he's a top five pick. That is what I say. Yeah, I mean, not to, not to gang up on you at all, uh, Eric, but you're you're sitting here with three 
Anthony Richardson truthers. So uh, getting with that one five spot, Evan, I, I, I love that. I think that's fantastic value. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm a huge believer in that ceiling. Um, even if his floor is, you know, nothing, if he just completely busts, I just, I just don't see it. I see his athletic profile and the rushing floor alone gets me very, very excited. But if he can put it together with some improvement on his accuracy, then let's go wheels up. I just want to point out the, um, the last very super athletic quarterback that I said was booty cheeks. I took a hot take on. Uh, has played like maybe two games in the NFL and has been booty cheeks. So I feel pretty good about it in uh, Mr. Trey Lance. <laughs> All right, let's uh, move moving on. Uh, at the at the 1-6, we get Jameer Gibbs, pretty chalk pick. I, I'd love to get some Gibbs at 1-6. Makes, makes complete sense to me. He's, he's incredibly talented. Um, only concern is slightly smaller frame, but nothing that should worry you too much. Uh, and then we get kind of a... Kind of a interesting one with with Quentin Johnston at one seven by McSkeets AU. Jahan Dotson feels very weird there. Uh, you mean uh, Josh Doxson? Yeah, Josh Doxson. Sorry, <laughs> it's the other. Yeah, it sounds very similar. I get them confused. Josh Doxson. Uh, jo- uh, yeah, Josh Doxson is the one that I really uh, am keen on comparing Quentin Johnston to, and that's what makes him just. Not interesting to me this this high up on the board, uh, considering uh, there's picks up there like the one that was taken after uh, Will Levis, who I still think has a, a decent chance at, at being a guy, uh, especially in a two quarterback league. Um, what I mean, do, do we have any Quentin Johnston like super fans here? Is there is there anyone that's really thinking he's going to be good? Because I haven't really talked to anyone that's super high on him. Not really. What do you guys think the odds are in these? I don't think we see Quentin Johnson go this high in any regular draft that we do coming up, personally. That seems really high for him. I, I'm totally with you. Yeah, I think there's going to be a couple of guys that have take lock. Like, they just they saw Quentin Johnson. They made the decision, like, this is my guy. I'm going to take him. And, like, he measured it. He's a height, weight, speed guy. And he measured in short, skinny, and slow. So that's kind of not my vibe, personally. I still think he's good, and I think there might be some value if he slides to, like, four picks later. But at 107, uh, I'm staring at a couple of names at the 109 that I think, uh, sorry if you're listening to the pod, Mick Ski AU, but uh, I don't love that pick. I think the other thing too is, and I think we've talked about this on the pod before, but after the NFL draft where we see some of these rookie uh, running back landing spots, I think it's fair to say we're going to see some, some running backs move up the list based on their landing spot. And that's going to inevitably push Quentin Johnston down. Um, I also think we're going to see a pretty nice landing spot for like Zay flowers and uh, maybe, maybe Hyatt too. So I think th- they could like presumably move up and Quentin Johnson could be a, a faller. So, yeah, that's someone I'm taking this high. Before Mike goes, I just we kind of talked about this last pot or two, but Mike, what position would you take Quentin Johnson and think, wow, I feel good about that? Like, what what would your number be for him? I, I honestly think it's like the 111, 112, and that's yeah. purely based on running back landing spots. It also depends on the state of my team. If I feel like I'm ready to push all the chips in and I'm at the 111, like – uh, I love Izzy Abanacanda. I love Sean Tucker. I'm probably ruin, ruining my draft strategy right now, but there are a couple of running backs that like I would push way up into the first round. 
But if I'm in a rebuild and I desperately need wide receiver help or I need a player that is just going to be on my roster for seven years, I'll take a swing on Quentin Johnson. Okay. Go ahead and break my heart, Mike. So uh, let's pretend that there was a 22-year-old supercharged James Conner on the board that you guys already know how I feel about James Conner. Uh, he can pass, yeah, catch passes. He can run dudes over. Uh, at the combine, he looked like the best running back just as far as like men among boys. Like in a world full of Jameer Gibbs, be a Zach Charbonnet. That's the thing. Ugh, and that I knew you were going to do that to me. I just knew. Um, yeah, we, we talked about it when you were on the pod last. We're, we're both big, big fans of Zach Charbonnet. Uh, I, I've said before I'd grab him at 1-8. Would have loved to grab him at 110, but I knew you were going to take him. Uh, would probably be taken whoever had that 109 spot, I'm sure, because he is he is tantalizing. But kudos to you. You got one over on the old Corey. Uh, so I'm just going to have to grab my wide receiver, too, uh, of this year's class. And might not be who you think. Maybe you know, based on what I've said in the past on the pod before, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and lock in Zay Flowers, man. Um, over Jordan Addison, I like Zay Flowers. I think that the the risks with him are correctable. I think that you look at him as a guy that could become an instantly clutch kind of player, uh, given the right landing spot, given the right coaching, um, turn in, into Tyler Lockett 2.0, or what I'm kind of hoping, uh, Doug Baldwin 2.0. Uh, that being said, I am heavily implying that I hope he lands to the Hawks because we could really use some wide receiver help. Um, but yeah, happy to lock him in. Uh, loves a flowers. This is the first draft that I've gotten him in so far. I've only done a couple, but uh, I was I was sniped pretty badly on Zay Flowers. Almost made it to me at the 112 in the Alchemist draft, but wasn't lucky. Uh but yeah, any uh, moving moving forward from uh, Zay Flowers, we we did get Jordan Addison going at the 111, uh, followed up by Devon A-Chain at 112. Uh, kind of an interesting at 112. Um, I know A-Chain just has like basically the size concern. He, he is super, super speedy, super electric. Um, but yeah, that size, that, that has to be a little concerning for an NFL lifespan. Am I pretty much on the money with that with you guys? Yeah, I mean, AJ has Olympic level speed. Yeah. Um, so he definitely could be could be trying out in the future uh, for that U.S. Olympic team. Uh, he ran track in college as well. Um, I do think that he bulked up a little bit for the combine weigh-ins. Um, so I think that is something to keep in mind as well. And the rumor is that his playing weight is not anywhere close to what he actually uh, weighed in at at the combine. But his burst is fantastic. His speed, long speed, is fantastic. And I view him a little bit more as a best ball type of guy um, where he can get that one or two runs where he just breaks it for, you know, an 80-yard house call um, and just slots into the lineup on that side. But lineup, you know, he's an interesting, interesting piece as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a great point for the best ball argument. Um, definitely could be a, a an occasional home run hitter, but yeah, in terms of longevity, you got to be a little worried. I, I grabbed him in one of the alchemist drafts uh, at like two, four, and I was, I was pretty happy with that value. 
but uh 112 yeah that's that's some confidence for sure but uh taking it into the first pick of round two we got eric back on the board eric what are your thoughts man so i'm between three different players right here i think i know the one i'm going with but i'll kind of break down what i'm going through so this guy feels really landing spot dependent for me but i do like his upside and tank bigsby i think if he goes to the right spot he could be a really nice beginning of the second round player to grab here the other one i'm thinking of is sean tucker now i still think it's a little high for sean tucker but i know for a fact i would not get him at 3-1 so that is why i would have to think about him here even though it might be a little early but i would be absolutely stupid to pass up on michael Myers. Because I took Bijan 1-1, 101. And so I got my running back there. And he, I think Myers is the best tight end in this draft. And I think he's a very, very good one too. And should hopefully, depending where he lands, be a week one contributor for me at the tight end spot, especially in a premium. Yeah, I don't mind that at all. Um, with the premium included, I mean, this guy should come in and be a pretty, cons- I mean, as far as tight ends go, he is a tight end, but should be a, tight end consistent performer um oh another one goes and then yeah right after you uh we get the second tight end off the board dalton kincaid i like kincaid too yeah i absolutely love kincaid especially with the the landing spots for both of them and what everybody's saying in talking about them is just great landing spots in the back of the first i mean we're talking about guys that should be first round picks and um, we're talking about guys that have been on top 30 visits to a lot of teams that are in the back half of the first round. Uh, I mean, we're talking Chargers, we're talking Cowboys, we're talking Bengals. Like, I mean, any one of those offenses, we're talking Jaguars, you know, Peterson loves to run two tight end offenses. I mean, look, if you get a tight end in one of those offenses, you're going to be pretty happy because they're high, high efficiency offenses, high point offenses. So I think you'd be pretty happy with those picks. If you had to decide between mayor and Kincaid, regardless of landing spot, which one would you take? I mean, I think it's mayor based off the, uh, like what he's shown his, his, I think so too profile. So I'm actually going to play that counterpoint in. I think mayor is a better all around tight end. But I think Kincaid is a better receiving tight end. And I think when we're talking fantasy production, I think Kincaid has the higher upside ceiling where Mayer has the higher floor. And frankly, when I'm going for tight ends, I'm looking for those tight ends that are potentially going to give me that top five season. And I think Kincaid could potentially get there. Evan, we need to hang out more. Uh, Michael Mayer's ceiling is what, like tight end five, tight end six, like his best, best, best case scenario is like George Kittle light, and he can't run after the catch compared to Kittle. So like, give me the guy that profiles. He's been drawing comparisons to Travis Kelsey. He's been drawing comparisons to Mark Andrews. Like this is a pass catcher that is going to be used as a move tight end. But also if I'm going to take the all around tight end, I'm taking Darnell Washington in the third. So, Ooh. yeah, I mean, Mike, Mike and I are pretty much in, in lockstep here. I mean, I think I have Mayer slotted as like tight end 10 to seven. You know, I think that range is a very good range for his range of outcomes. Um, But I do think Kincaid could potentially be one of those, you know, guys that could crack into the top five. Um, I think Michael Mayer is a slightly lesser version of Friar And as Mm -hmm. much as I love Friar being a Penn State fan, 
And I'm assuming, Mike, as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you obviously like Fryermuth as well, and I would hope you would. Um, but I, I think he, Michael Mayer is a slightly lesser version, um, very, very slightly, but slightly lesser version of Fryermuth. Um, and I think Fryermuth cracks top five as a max, like absolute ceiling on Fryermuth is, is as tight end five. So I don't truly see him as a true top five type tight end. Uh, I did a quick little thing, and then I'll, I'll let you run through your drafts uh, analysis. But the difference between the tight end seven and the tight end seventeen in fantasy is like point two points mm-hmm. a game. So if you really want a difference maker at the position, you need to shoot for a one, two, or three guy. We're talking about like Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, Travis Kelsey, or like I really truly do not care about the position because the rest of them don't matter. And that's so. and that's actually kind of where I am at personally in terms of I mean Mayor Kincaid I'll take them if they if they fall enough and I'm in like a two tight end with premium sort of league. Otherwise I think I'm just going to wait and grab my favorite tight end later than all those guys uh cuz that's where he's going but I'm sure we'll talk about him a little later. Uh, but just to recap, we had uh, Roshan Johnson go at 2-3, which is interesting, and I, I kind of like. Uh, then we had Tank Bigsby go 2-4, and then Evan has made his selection. Evan, do you want to break that down? Yeah, so uh, just breaking down the last ones, uh, I like Bigsby as a first and second down back, uh, very much like I thought of Algier uh, last year. Mm. So I think that's a, a pretty reasonable comp, uh, in my opinion, of what to expect out of him. Uh, if he gets a chance at a full-time role, you know, he could be that 900-yard guy. Uh, Roshan, in my opinion, and I've said multiple times, uh, I think Roshan is the garbage man. He does all of the things that nobody wants to do, but it keeps a team healthy. And I think that makes him a very valuable asset from a NFL standpoint. I don't quite know how it's going to shake out from a fantasy standpoint, but I do think that he ends up having a rather long career uh, in the NFL. And then my pick was Josh Downs. And I did that on the assets of his PFF man grades um, and watching a lot of North Carolina football, mainly because Drake May, and I just love watching Drake May play. Um, but um, when you look at Josh Downs's man grade, so how he did against man coverage, he had a 92.1 man grade uh, in, for PFF's grading system. So he does a very good job separating against man coverage. Yes, he came in a little bit slower. He came in a little bit slower than you really want, but I trust his separation skills. I trust he's going to be able to get open. So that's why I went, ended up going with Josh Downs there. I like the idea of a man grade. And I know it's about man coverage, but I just like like man grade seems really good to me. I think the only person with a higher man grade than that is Mike, who's a solid hundred. Flattery is exceptional. And when we're talking about man grades, I mean the pick before me that that is a man, yeah. and he they're in Washington. Yeah, Corey, Corey you want to you want to run through those picks for us real quick? Yeah. Uh, so after the downs pick, uh, Tajay Spears, which. I think that that is a solid one. Livid Shadow going the uh, the two running backs in a deep running back class totally makes sense. Really like it. I also really like the the Hyatt pick at two seven by Mixkeets. I mean, I think the the tight ends uh, being premium here and kind of getting back to back two one two two selection kind of pushed uh, Jalen Hyatt down a little bit because I've I've seen him go 
earlier in, in the rookie drafts I've done so far. And I, I really like him. I like his big playability, his speed. Uh, and then big bear source just comes in and wrecks my whole world. And I don't know if Mike was planning on, on taking this guy uh, at his selection at two nine, but if he didn't, then I was sure going to take Darnell Washington at the two ten spot uh, because he is, in my opinion, he is my, I mean, he's my favorite tight end of the class. Um, because just like what Mike was saying earlier, if you're going to take tight end, especially rookie tight end, you want to swing for the fences. And when I'm looking to hit a home run, I'm looking at Darnell Washington as a guy that can really come in here and has the potential to break things wide open. Uh, so congrats, Bear, big Barosaurus. You, you really wrecked me on that one. Uh, and now let's go to Mike's pick. That's whatever. I don't even care about it. Yeah. Uh, so your, your day is ruined and it's about to get way worse. Um, what don't do, don't do this to me. What's the format real quick? Uh, super flex PPR tight end premium half a point. Okay. The rest of the words are super cool. I want to focus on super flex. Oh, if there are a couple of players that are going to go in the first round or even a top 50 pick like Desmond Ritter was going in the back of first rounds last year. He went in the third round. You got Sam Howell, who's getting pushed up in the second, maybe the third round. He was a fifth round. Did my pick. exasperated sigh come through? Should I do it one more time? Um, I, yeah, let's. Okay. There is a almost Heisman front runner who is a Virginia Tech alumni. Shout out Hokies. They're like, wherever he ends up going, he is going to get a chance to start. And that's all I ask out of a quarterback. And to get him at the 209 is a steal. Give me Hendon. I'm so Coker. mad. I thought I was going to get him at three one. Oh, you were no, you were never going to get him at three <laughs> one. That was my pick. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah, you were right. My 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 day is ruined and my disappointment is immeasurable. Uh, so that sucks. What you just did to me. Uh, okay, I am gonna. I'm tilting. I will fully admit it. But I'm going to at at this point. I'm just going to go full upside guy and in a deep running back class i'm seeing a lot of guys that are very very much question marks at this point in the draft one guy i have the fewest question marks about is israel abanaconda and it's based off his athletic profile i think he has the profile of a guy that could be a a three down back and i'm gonna take that guy this late and hope that he goes to a spot uh, high enough with a vacant enough backfield that he can carve out a role for himself. And, you know, uh, I got sniped two picks in a row uh, before my pick. So I will fully admit the tilt, but I think for, for the constellation prize, I am pretty, pretty happy with the, uh, with the Izzy pick here. And then rolling on through right after uh, my pick, we got Kedre Miller going at two eleven. Uh, and then Kayshawn Booty going at 212. What a what a fall that guy's had. I don't even know at this point if I would take him at the at the 212. I guess you hope that he has some like pre-off season or like you know last year kind of hype built in there that he could sort of ascend to taking him at the 212 mark. Yeah, he tested poorly, has off the field problems, didn't produce that great but has a really fun name for your fantasy team. So yeah, I'm taking him when I have ETN on my team because then it's just, it's too easy. ETN booty. ETN booty. But other than that, 
no reason to add him to your teams. Uh, he is literally booty cheeks. So that's your uh, booty inspection. Is there anything like if he gets taken like to the Bucks and then like it's like a pirate booty kind of thing? Like, is there anything there? I, there, there are definitely things there, like searching for some booty. Right. Like X marks the spot, get the booty, something like that. But uh, I'd rather just roll with the tank names and the. I mean, there's other players on the, on the board right now. Are we rolling through four? Or are we are we just sticking with the uh, the two first? Um. Yeah. I mean, we we've got gotten through the two rounds that we said we were gonna go through. Um. I see it that didn't stop Eric from going ahead and, and making a pick. Hey, Corey, let, let's just speed run it. We, yeah, we okay. won't go into every yeah. pick. We'll just kind of speed run through it, yeah. and then we can just kind of give a quick recap. Sounds good. I am shocked that Tucker was still there, to be honest, with the upside. Very surprised. I'm still mad about the hooker pick. I thought I had him in a 3-1. Uh, you wouldn't have had him, but I, I, you know, yeah, I do agree with you with the with the Tucker pick. He was in consideration for me. I think that the, the bust ability, though, for Tucker uh, compared to Israel, I, I just... I guess I would feel less bad if Izzy busts than if I took Tucker and, and he busts uh, for whatever reason. Um, so that was kind of the the choice that I made there. But, you know, 3-1, I think that's that's pretty good value. I'm happy with him at 3-1. Uh, that's followed by Rushi Rice, who uh, Mike thought that I might be a truther for in a trade that he tried to make with me and uh, was unfortunately disappointed. Uh, <laughs> and then we get Laporta. Shoot or shoot. Yeah, fair enough. A uh, couple of more tight ends coming off the board here. Laporta, uh, followed by Mims, uh, goes at 3-4. Uh, Mims is a guy that, honestly, like, obviously his his big knock is is the size and, and weight and stuff, but he's, he's a fast dude, and he's a special teams player, too. So especially in these RPG leagues that have uh, return points, if he could land on a team that needs that, that return guy, he could be kind of interesting. And then, Evan, you, you just made a pick. You want you want to talk about it at all? Yeah. So for me, for for me, for, for me, it was pretty easy on uh, Luke Musgrave. Um, I personally really like him. I like his athletic metrics. Um, when I'm looking for a tight end that I'm taking, totally understand the Sam Laporta pick. Iowa has had a bunch of great tight ends come out in the last decade. Um, but when I'm looking at it, I'm looking at the athletic measurements uh, and athletic measurables of Musgrave. And I'm seeing that based off of player profiler, he's got a 88th percentile 40-yard dash, a 94th percentile speed score, and an 87th percentile burst score. Uh, And when I'm looking for a tight end that I want to take a shot on, the guys that I'm looking to take a shot on are going to have an 85th percentile or higher in all three of those categories. And therefore, it leads me to Luke Musgrave. That's fair enough. I'm actually, I'm kind of surprised, uh, like, how far is Zach Coots going to fall? Because I kind of had him up in these kind of uh, tiers as well. What's the uh, what's the low down there? Are, are we not uh, Zach Coots truthers on this pod? Yeah, it's just old Dominion. I mean, nobody really mm-hmm. sees tape on him. Nobody really knows much about him. Um, so I think if you want to take an athletic tight end like that, uh, it's probably more of a fourth round pick in my opinion. Um, but you can make the argument for a third round pick as well. All right. Um, and then we're kind of at a halt here. I'm probably just going to go ahead and move us forward. Uh, we had Cedric Tillman come off at three, six. 
It feels a little late for Evans. Yeah, a little. I was gonna say like a little bit late. Zach Evans is everybody's Debbie darling, but the fact that he got outplayed by a true freshman this year in Judkins at Ole Miss, and he once again had injury concerns all season long. I mean, that's just two red flags in my opinion. But he was an absolute Debbie darling for many, many years. So I think a lot of fantasy players are going to remember the name and have heard it from previous years, from Debbie drafts and from people that play Debbie. Um, So I think it's going to be a really interesting place to see where Zach Evans actually goes. Yeah, yeah, definitely a guy that has fallen uh, quite far uh, in, in recent times. After that, we get Brown off the board. We get uh, McBride off the board. Is there a little bit of uh, some a couple sentences you want to say about McBride, Mike? Yeah, uh, he is Nick Chubb. If Nick Chubb played at UAB, he's oh you know breaking tackles left and right. He could not catch a cold if he was in Alaska in wintertime. But uh, you know, I don't really care about that, especially this late in the draft. Like take a swing and then. Uh, I realized that you made that pick after me purely so I wouldn't snipe you. So great work. Mm -hmm. Yep. Had to lock in my guy, uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, uh, who I actually, I went on uh, some podcasts. I I can't remember. I think it was like, what was the guy that you sent me the link for Mike? Yeah. It's uh, Aaron St. Dennis. He writes for fantasy pros. It's a FF mad scientist. Thank you. Yeah, I, I appreciate that because I, I couldn't keep it uh, straight in my head at this moment. But went on that podcast a couple of days ago and and preached about my Bryce Ford Wheaton love uh, as, I mean, at the very least, he is the most athletic uh, wide receiver in this draft uh, to me. And as a guy that's kind of being looked over because of not a lot of production, you know, West Virginia, I'm I'm taking him as a flyer, man. He, he is incredibly athletically gifted. So if he can translate some of that, uh, get to a spot where you can carve out a name. I'm, I'm very excited to have him on my teams. It kind of gives me the, uh, what was his name? Brayden Edwards, Braylon Edwards vibes, where he went to uh, Vegas and everybody was all excited because the athletic profile. And he just kind of... Brian Edwards. Brian Edwards, thank you. And he just didn't really do a whole lot. Yeah, I mean, and totally, you know, at, at the 310, I am expecting that mm-hmm. to likely be the case. But I think mm-hmm. that... He has a chance just like Brian Edwards did. I, I stick by the fact that Brian Edwards with his profile could have been something uh, and just, you know, hasn't worked out for him. You have um, the right Bryce situation, Ford, but yeah, Bryce Ford Wheaton is a lotto ticket. I am, I'm willing to scratch for sure. Uh, and then, you know, taking it deep now into the third, into the fourth round, we got uh, Washington. What is his first name even? Hmm? I I'm not I sure. What that oh, it's, Parker, it's Parker Washington. He's from Penn State. Penn State, maybe. Thank you. Yeah. Punt 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 return kick return. Okay. Yeah, he's yeah, definitely I'm... an an RPG type of guy where he gets you those kind of points. Okay, that's that's good to know. Or you uh, better pick off my radar. Oh, sh- well, I just got auto pick. <laughs> uh, I was too busy managing everything. Uh, but you know, I who did I get? Okay, Spence I mean. <laughs> Not not great. Uh, it could be worse. But uh, oh, so we got... like getting the tiny, unathletic white quarterback that has off the field problems. So Baker Mayfield, but he won two national titles. Two national titles. Yeah, at like thirty-two. God, that guy. He's <laughs> renting cars. He's signing mortgages. He he co-signed my house. Like this guy is a grown ass man playing with high school students. Wait, do we not get points for real estate sales made in this league? 
I don't know. Some of your rules are freaky in RPG leagues. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually that's that's part of this one. This is the uh, RPG uh, landlords league, and you get points for that. So that's why that's why I took Stenson Bennett. It was all on purpose. Didn't I see something crazy that Stenson Bennett is older than Jalen Hurts or something like that? Stetson Bennett is older than Jalen Hurts. He is older than Lamar Jackson. He's older than Justin Herbert. He's older oh, no. than uh, Trevor Lawrence. He's older than, I think he's older than Kenny Pickett and Kenny Pickett was already old. Like this is a grown man playing college football. This is like if one of us was actually athletic and then threw on pads and went out there. Like it's so amazing. So you're saying he's mature. And he's already, he's pro ready is what you're saying. That brain has fully developed yeah. and he is still the most medium quarterback. <laughs> well, happy to have him on team, uh, team Bittner steel. So, so, so backing, backing up real quick, Eric, did you realize that Jaden Reed is a kick return specialist as well? No, I did not actually. Okay. I was just curious with all the RPG leagues and, and the settings now, they typically get points for kick return yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, Jaden Reed is a kick return specialist uh, on top of being a wide receiver that could potentially get you points uh, at his actual position. Well, I like you dropping that knowledge, man. The, these guys sure. are kind of off my radar. So that's, that's good to know. I don't know if there's any, is there anyone in the fourth round we actually want to even like mention? Zach Koontz finally goes at 4-8. Oh, I need to talk for a little bit. Um, oh, yeah? Jonathan Mingo hype train is alive and well. Uh, there are actual like NFL.com analysts putting him in the first round. So I just got him at the 409. Like that is a steal. He is big. He is strong. He is fast. He's not like quite Bryce Ford Wheaton, but like look at that athleticism store. The dude's a freak. Oh, wow. Yeah. He is actually the second ranked uh, in athleticism as a wide receiver in this class. There's a lot floating around that he could go at worst, like top 60 picks. And there's like a cutoff for wide receivers where it's the third round. And then after that, just ignore them. Uh, He's definitely going in the top three rounds and there's buzz. He could go beginning of day two or maybe even back end of day one with a weak class. So swing on Jonathan Mingo if you draft before the draft. Mm. Nice pick then. Yeah, that's that's good info. Well, what kind of is he like a downfield x receiver guy is he a slot guy like what are you expecting out of him so his his whole profile and uh i I think i sent out like a video or two about him he basically just bodies defenders that are smaller than him so if they throw a quick screen he will just truck them and then he has the top of the route profile that he just makes dudes miss um so picture like deep threat mixed with like a little lavisca chenault in college so He's a he's he's a name to watch, and if there's a receiver that pops off that people don't have their uh, eyes on right now, I think it's Mingo. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure Zerline uh, compared him to a light version of Anquan Bolden. Ooh, I like that. Okay. Hmm. So may I interest you in Anquan Bolden at the 409? Correct. Pretty good pick. Yeah. Very nice. Almost as good as Stenson Bennett. Almost, I'd say Elite. pretty, pretty close, but Stetson Bennett. I mean, I mean, if Mingo was there, obviously I would take him because, no. you know, I, he's right. totally on my radar. But, you know, to be fair, we'll have to we'll have to compare Mingo to Bennett in five years when they're the same age. That's not how aging works. Yeah, water bet. <laughs> <laughs> when they're the same age, I'll bet you <laughs> Just... I'll bet that Bennett is a better player. <laughs> 
Oh, uh, okay. Well, that that brings us to the conclusion here, guys. I mean, this was this was awesome. Um, had had a lot of good conversation. Named some names that I wasn't fully uh, aware of or on my radar. So good ammo for me to uh, get one over on you guys in our drafts later this season. I was gonna say really quick. Outside of the picks that we made, what's everyone's favorite? What's everyone's least favorite? Just real quick. Ooh. Um. I really like the the Hinden Hooker two nine pick that Mike made. That that one kind of murdered me. Uh, so I think that is my favorite. Um, I'll say that the booty pick was booty, and that is my least favorite. I think my favorite was Hyatt at two point seven. That feels really late for him. Uh, I think my least favorite was Quinton Johnson at one point. Was that one point seven? That felt Ooh. way too early for Johnson. Really, really blowing up. Wait, oh, I guess you had the two sides of the coin there for Mixkeet. So you gave him a little props mm-hmm. and a little bit of bag. So this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be blasphemy, but I I really don't like the Gibbs pick. Like there was Ooh. still a first round quarterback on the board. There was still I personally have Charbonnet above Gibbs because I'm a lunatic. Okay. Uh, I just think. I, we've seen the pass catching running back enter the league, be a pass catcher for a couple of years and then never truly have like that awesome season. Like I'd rather have four years of RB two than like one year of RB one, but he's an RB one. I can never start. Cause it's like 40 points pat, catching a pass and then running for a bunch of yards. Like I never know when to start Gibbs. Uh, and then least, so I was least favorite. I started negative cause I'm a terrible human. Uh, but <laughs> Favorite pick, it's it's a toss-up between Kendra Miller at the 211 and then uh, also Deuce Vaughn at the 411. Like, throw him in there. I, what's the difference yeah. between Deuce Vaughn and uh, Jameer Gibbs? Can't tell. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Goodness gracious. All right. Wow. Like this slander from Mike. Man. <laughs> I just Bro, saw Evan Twitch. I'm, 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 pretty, I'm pretty sure Eric's little sister is taller and weighs more. Than Deuce Vaughn, brother. Like he is not a large man. If we're concerned about Bryce Young holding up, let's talk about a running back that's gonna be on the field again, hit by linebackers and potentially defensive ends. Talking about a guy that's five five. <laughs> yeah, I get it. His his production metrics at Kansas State were off the charts. Watching him run is incredible. Like it's a lot of fun to watch Kansas State play because of watching Deuce Vaughn run. And he did really good in college. So, sure, there's like a little tiny slimmer of hope. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of the picks that I really liked were already kind of touched on. Kendra Miller at 211. Absolutely love the Kendra Miller pick. The Hendon Hooker pick, Mike, I think that could be an absolute steal, especially if Hooker ends up going back at the first round. Like, I was definitely considering him at, at 2-5. Um, and it was down to him and Downs uh, when I was picking there. And frankly, looking back on it and thinking about it, I just didn't want to take two quarterbacks. Um, and that was frankly why I ended up passing on him there. Um, so definitely like that. And I also think that the tight end started to go off the board too early. Um, so if I'm going to say a negative here in 1.5, if it was 1.75, I could get behind it. Uh, if it was two, I could 100% get behind it. Um, but I still think Mayer and Kincaid are more of a mid-second round pick. Um, for tight ends boo <laughs> uh okay yeah yeah cool guys uh well just because i looked at my phone 
uh, right now and noticed it. Just want to also mention because there was like a little bit of breaking news that came out as a report that either Joe Mixon needs to take a pay cut or the Bengals are going to cut him. Well, so something to think about. I don't. Uh, I know that Eric and I have both taken some Joe Mixon recently and have talked about it pretty extensively, but. Mm-hmm. All right, that's uh, that's what we're dealing with there. So, so, so does that does that fuel any fire for Bijan maybe going there? Maybe slip. Kind of what I was getting at. I I don't think he's gonna slip that far, but we'll see. Yeah, and I I can't see them trading up to go get him yeah. either. Like trading up to go get an RB is wild, but if they yeah, if somehow he drops, I don't think he'll drop that far. I just don't see it. Um, he's, he's like a top, top three, like talent in the draft, I think like of all the players. So it would be pretty wild to see him drop in the late twenties, but yeah, it would be, would be great for them. I still think that Gibbs is, is possible for them. They're going to take some sort of RB. It's, I mean, writing's on the wall with that at this point. But you you don't, you don't want to see all my Chris Evans stocks go up. Uh, you mean my Travion Williams stocks? (laughs) You mean that that like last tiny little glimmer of hope that I have that I have to squint really hard and I have to go to the eye doctor to get those little drops to like open my pupils so that while I'm squinting I can just like kind of make out a picture of some semblance of hope. Are we talking about Trey Lance? Corey, kick him off. Get him off of here. All right, that's the, that's the podcast. All right, roll the anchor ad. Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. All right. Uh, well, no, that was awesome, guys. I, I would love to do another one of these anytime. Uh, maybe after the draft, we can do a, a post-draft uh, rookie mock and see how that goes. But it's really fun to do this, not knowing any of the landing spots and just seeing like how we feel about these guys raw. So... That was awesome. Thank you, Mike, for for coming on again, man. Yeah, thanks for coming on, Mike. Yeah. Hey, it's fun to be on the show. Uh, it's nice to, you know, virtually meet you guys, Eric and Evan. Uh, Absolutely. If you guys want to get a deal done, uh, do better. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Mike, we got to get you uh, We got to get you in more RPG leagues. Also, oh, also, I want to uh, let you know, because I don't think I've actually mentioned this to you, but the episode that you were on with me was our highest listened to episode in rbg history that's awesome glad to help out uh, 
I mean, it's it's a pleasure to be on the show, and I'm sure when you say highest listened to, I I probably gave you a bump of like seven people. So. Hey man, that's that's seven more cents in our pocket. So I appreciate. I, it. I hope my mom listened to it. So <laughs> we have a very active listening base in Italy and Germany. Apparently, we do. Yeah, Ooh. and we also love mom. So honestly, like, tell your mom about it and get her on the get her, get her on the pod because we'll interview your mom. Yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll Facetime her next time. See what she thinks about Hendon Hooker. Perfect. Yeah, I, I would love that. And yeah, our, our German audience is rapidly expanding. We I'm getting cards in the mail uh, saying Guten Tag. I am German. I love the show. So I think the only time on the pod where I tilted harder over a draft pick was when someone took Trevor Lawrence right before me at 109. That, yeah, that was pretty oh, funny. that was great. When, when we were alive and that happened. Oh, it's horrible. Eric, Eric just lost it. So good. And then Corey, what, wasn't it later in one of the leagues that I like text you and I was like, "You need take pits just to yeah. make Eric mad." So mean. <laughs> yeah, I was literally like, "Oh man, I should take pits here." And then Evan was like, "You should take pits because Eric will be mad because he picks right after you." And I'm like, "Oh, well, pits it is, <laughs> absolutely." Well, Karma ended up biting Evan because Corey took pits, and then I took the player that Evan was going to take. Pit. Because the three of us were right That's next true. to each other. Yeah, that, that did happen. That was RPG Goblins, uh, RPG Goblins Two, I believe, where that mm-hmm. happened. That was that was pretty fun. Uh, but yeah, man. All right. Well, I gotta go eat dinner because it's my dinner time. But it's your guys' bedtime, so sleep yeah, tight. I need to go to bed. Night, night. <laughs>